One of my favorite parts of uh, being a priest and being able to minister to families, especially in times of mourning or grief, is being able to celebrate a funeral. And I know that sounds really weird. Oh, Father likes death. No, I really like the beauty of what the church is able to offer when it comes to celebrating Mass for the repose of the soul of someone. And especially after the Mass is celebrated, after the procession from the church to the cemetery takes place and we're standing at the graveyard, at the grave, ready to bury the person. We begin not with the sign of the cross, but we begin with a very short verse from the New Testament. And one of my favorite ones to start the ceremony with is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. When he says, our citizenship is in heaven, and from there we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's a reminder that, yes, the congregation leaves a graveside or leaves a funeral mass in grief and mourning and sorrow. Yes, it's very sad. But it's meant to be a sign of hope, a reminder to us that our citizenship is not in this world. Our kingdom is not here. St. Paul says our citizenship is in heaven. Jesus tells Pontius Pilate, my kingdom's not on this earth. If it was, my angels would be attending to me and fighting for me. But this is not where my kingdom is. So do whatever you want. Crucify me. Beat me. Do what you want. Because I've already won. I'm already the king. It's a reminder to us that we have a very unique situation and position as Christians. Because we have one foot here on earth, one foot in the world, and then one foot in eternity. And it may seem some cliche platitude, oh yeah, we're going to heaven and all that fun stuff. But that really is the reality, is that we are, as the old adage says, we're in this world, but hopefully we're not of the world. Because this world will continue to keep us empty, continue to fail to fulfill us. It'll just leave us more and more disappointed. We can grasp and grasp and grasp at whatever we think is going to fulfill us, but our hearts are only going to be fulfilled with Jesus Christ. Now, why is that important? Because of what Jesus says about this little coin in the gospel. The Pharisees are trying to trap him, as St. Matthew tells us. Because if they present this to him, okay, Jesus, do we pay the tax or do we not? If Jesus says, yes, pay the tax, well, then he's in support of the Romans who are oppressing the Jews. If he says, absolutely not, don't pay it, he's supporting the Jews in one sense, but also a traitor to the Romans. So either way, they're going to report him and he's going to get arrested. But of course, because Jesus is God, he sees exactly what they're trying to do, calls them out of it, and he says, you hypocrites, show me the coin that you're asking about, and let me show you how simple this is. He holds it up and he says, whose picture is this? Whose inscription, whose name is on this coin? And they say, well, that's Caesar's, Caesar Augustus. And they just don't get it when he says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. It's not just about a coin. It's not just about the slap in the face that the Romans put on the coin when they said, this is our high priest, Caesar Augustus. This is the divine son, Caesar Augustus. What Jesus is saying is you clearly see that this coin belongs to Caesar. It has his name and his image. And the whole point of the gospel message, the whole point is that we bear the image of God Almighty. There is no other being on the face of the planet that bears the image of God, that is made in the image of God. I hate to say it, but as cute and fluffy as our cats and dogs and pets are, they're not made in the image of God. They're not. As imperfect as we are, we are made in the image of God. We bear His very name on our souls by rising from the waters of baptism. That is a dignity that can never, ever be taken away from us. 
So for Jesus to say, look, it has Caesar's picture and Caesar's name, that belongs to Caesar, give it to him. What he's telling the Pharisees, and it just totally goes over their heads, is that my people have the image of God, the name of God written unto who they are. Give yourself back to him. Stop playing these games of asking me these questions and trying to play holier than now and all that stuff. You belong to God. You are already his. Your citizenship is not in this world. Thanks be to God for that. This is not heaven. The Lord was not lying to us or playing some mind game or speaking in symbols when he said, Behold, I go before you to prepare a place for you, but I'm coming back for you. It wasn't that weird thing like when you're walking out of Walmart and there's people trying to sell you something. They said, Oh, I'll come back later. And then you just never do to get away from them. Jesus wasn't playing that game with us. It's a promise that he made. I have a place for you because you are made in the image of God. You have the name of God written in your very soul and it can never be undone. It can never be erased. It can never be changed. Now, absolutely, you get the choice as to whether or not you give yourself back to him or not. You have the choice as to whether you live a good, holy, virtuous Christian life or not. But the reality is, if it has Caesar's name, if it has Caesar's face, if it belongs to Caesar, then give it to him. If it has the image of God, if it bears his name, it belongs to God, give it to him. It demands that we give the Lord everything. And I know that seems like a tall order. Wow, I like the way I'm living my life now. Great! But what part of living your life right now is holding you back from something greater? from actually looking and pointing yourself towards that citizenship that's in heaven. What is it that holds you back? Because you get to determine whether or not that continues to be the case. Nobody else. I can preach the gospel, preach the truth all I want, but you have to make the decision as to whether or not you give to God what belongs to God. See, the world looks at us and says, your sin is who you are. How dare you think that you're any better than the worst thing that you've ever done? If that is the case, then we ought to just pack up and go home. If I am what my sin is, then there's no place for me in heaven. Because there's no sin in heaven. There's no place for sin in heaven. If that is the case, everything is in vain. But thanks be to God that we are made in His image. We don't just bear His image. We're not even just made in his image, but we are his image out in the world. Think about how absolutely absurd that is. For God the Almighty to take a step back and to show the planet and say, see all of these people, these imperfect people, these sinful people, yeah, they reject me. Yeah, they mock me. Yeah, they try to kill each other and wage war against each other and they're selfish. And they do all these terrible things those are the ones I choose to be my image, even in their brokenness, even in their sinfulness, even in their imperfection. How insane is the love of God that he still gives us his image? And I say it halfway jokingly, but really, it's very true. I was telling somebody the other day, they said, Father, you ever go tailgating? I said, every home game. I just get to walk around, and before I even make it towards the stadium, I'm stopped by like 15 different people. And that's beautiful, even for an introvert like myself. But you know why that is? Because I get to wear this little white piece of plastic on my neck called a collar that people see that and they automatically know what I'm about. They see that and they think, for better or for worse, oh, he works for the church. He works for Jesus. 
He's about the gospel. See, that's a certain image of Christ that I bear into the world, but you don't get that luxury. You are on the front lines and you have to actually live that image in everything that you say, do, and think. When someone talks to you or sees you act in a particular way, they should be able to know this is a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is a Christian. They can mock and they can scorn. They can applaud you. They can do whatever they want. But the truth is that you were made in the image of God and you have to show that forward. You actually have to live up to this name that is written on your very soul by virtue of your baptism. There is nothing that can undo that. Don't be afraid of that. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, Jesus says. If it has his name, if it has his picture, it's his, give it to him. Meanwhile, you, my beloved sons and daughters, the Lord says, you have the image of my Father. You have the image of me, the Son. You have the image of the Holy Spirit. You're made in my image. Go and bear that into the world. You have my heart. Our, our, our names are written on the sacred heart of Jesus, just like his name is written on ours, and that can never be undone. It can never be undone. Sin cannot now, nor will it ever, it cannot possibly undo the love of God Almighty. Yes, we sin. Yes, we mess everything up because we're imperfect. But thanks be to God, the imperfection of this world is not the end of the story. Our citizenship is clearly in heaven, St. Paul says. And that's where everything that we do, it should point us towards heaven. Everything that we say should point us towards heaven. Everything that we think, every desire, every inclination, it should all point us to heaven. And you might be thinking, well, I've got a lot of disordered inclinations and temptations. Great, welcome to the party. That's part of what it means of figuring out this life of discipleship. You are not alone in that. You have a place in this church, and this church points you to your place in heaven. It's up to you whether or not you take it. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. Caesar will get his cut. Whatever. But what actually matters, what bears fruit into eternity, is the kingdom of heaven, where we will reign with Christ, the actual king. Where we will have a place with the actual Lord, with the real Messiah. Nothing in this world can ever bring us close except for the sacraments. What we receive in Holy Communion when we're prepared for it and catechize and actually understand what we're receiving, that is the closest, most intimate point of contact that we can have with the Almighty. You read the scriptures and yes, Christ is present. You pray, yes, the Holy Spirit is there. You are in the congregation, two or three gathered in my name, yes, the Lord is there. But if you want a real taste of heaven, if you want to see where your citizenship actually lies, I urge you, enter into the fullness of what the Mass is. A prayer, a sacrifice, a sacrament. This is the image of God that the Lord entrusted to us. Though imperfect, though sinful, He entrusted it to us, and it's up to us to go out and to actually show that image in whatever way, shape, or form He calls us to. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. There's no doubt about it. Brothers and sisters, we belong to the Almighty. We belong to God. And as a church, as disciples, as brothers and sisters in Christ, it is time for us to step up and to live that image, to live that inscription, to know who we belong to, to know what the dignity is that he gives us, to go out into the world and to be his image. For yes, thanks be to God, here on this earth is not where we belong because our citizenship 
ultimately is in heaven. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit www.ctklsu.org.